Hello again, Life Global, our dear family and friends all around the world who are listening. Once again, it's such a privilege and a joy to bring God's word to you from this sacred place. It's a very powerful place and a place which we honor. Okay, it's a place occupied by the father of this house, Pastor John. And we just want to honor them both. Pastor John, Pastor Kelsey. It's an amazing couple that's doing an amazing work. And we bless them and we thank God for their lives. And it's such a privilege to uh, walk with them. It's not that we oversee them in a policing manner and uh, try to look at all their bad and try to correct and all of that. No, we walk as friends. And uh, one thing people should know is that our relationship is not dependent on our performance. Uh, his sonship is not dependent on his performance. And so is the fatherhood. So please, I would like everyone to know that our relationship is based on love, on grace, on faith, and it is not telling what to do, what not to do, but walking together and seeing His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That being said, I hope you remember the word I brought last time on the word rest. And that's the primordial place from which we all begin to walk in grace. And we need to understand that because if it's not grace, then it's works. And if it is of works, it's not of faith. And if it's not of faith, then there is nothing for us, absolutely nothing. Today, I just like to enhance that word because there is rest for the people of God according to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 11 and uh, we're to enter diligently. In verse 9 it says there's a rest for his people and then in Isaiah 32 it says that my people shall dwell in peaceable habitations, sure dwellings and quiet resting places. So it's all about rest. God entered into his rest. And in other words, he completed his work and now he invites us to that rest and we are to diligently, the word diligent means to seek, to see, uh, to think. And that's what I'm going to concentrate on today. The word think or the word imagine. Not the John Lennon's imagine. Actually, it was not John Lennon who originally cooked up that uh, uh, that uh, kind of understanding. It was a poet in the first century BC and John Lennon just took it from him. But whatever, good song. Words may not be appropriate for us, but imagine. I want you to do that. I want you to imagine. And a lot of people have said that when they have gone to Israel, they kind of felt so powerful because they walked where Jesus walked and they stood where he stood and there were certain places that they felt were anointed. I would like to say that actually 
I am as anointed as the place they stood because it's not the place, it's the person. And the person Jesus is in me. And so I'm as anointed or even better than the place. What actually happened is the Bible came alive. The Bible came alive because of their imagination. They saw and it was all put together and the imagination became so powerful that they experienced something that they have never experienced before. It's what God said to Abraham. And today's teaching is the, some of the principles of how to enter or receive the promises of God and to diligently enter into that rest. And the word is imagine to begin with. I'll be using various principles, but let's start with imagine. Now there's a verse of scripture that says in um, Isaiah 23, uh, 26 and verse three, that we are to keep our minds focused on God. It says his mind is at peace, whose mind is stayed on God. He's at peace. Amazing. The word peace, shalom, he's in wholeness. Why? Because his mind, and that word mind is to conceive. Same word for imagine. And when we conceive something, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So when we begin to imagine, how does faith operate? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And I would like you to understand that this is what you see, the pulpit. You see me. Now, faith cannot operate unless there is evidence given. And evidence is the substance. So we have to give substance for faith to activate. And how does that happen? Imagination. God calls Abraham and he says in chapter 15 of Genesis, he says, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. From Abram to Abraham, he changed his name. And he said, I'm going to make you a father. Abraham means exalted one. Abraham means father of many nations. And so he gives a promise to Abraham, a promise of a child. It took 26 years for that promise to take place. And the thing that helped Abraham understand that truly or experience the joy was imagination. And God gave him that space. God took him out into the night and he said, can you see the stars? Well, Abraham, you are going to be a father of many nations as much as the number of stars you see. And can you see the sand on the sea? He took him out and he showed him the sand. As many are the grains of the sand, that's how much you're going to be a father. That was something that quickened Abraham. And every time he would go out and he would see this, his imagination was fired up. 26 years, come on. Every day, he would be thinking about this. And to show you that, we go to Romans chapter 4, 
and this is how he received his promise okay after 26 years don't forget that and it came verse 16 chapter 4 of Romans verse 16 therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace you see faith grace so that the promise might be sure to all the sea not only to those who are of the law but to those who are of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all as it is written I have made you a father of many nations notice those words I have God has done it all God has given you remember what he said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 6 see again the word see imagine Joshua has not yet entered the promised land he's not yet entered Jericho but God stirs him up with a visual aid he says see Joshua I want you to see I want you to imagine I have given Jericho to you it is already done the promises of God which are yes and amen are already ours unfortunately we are not enjoying it we have not entered to that rest of completion of the promise because we lack in something and that is we don't see the promises we don't hear the promises because all that we are seeing our imagination is captivated from the natural that we are seeing and hearing all over we are seeing things happening but in Psalm 27 it says even if I see nothing will happen Psalm 91 you will see your enemies falling thousand ten thousand at your right hand left hand everywhere but when you see that is not for you that is for the wicked but you will see that no plague will come near your dwelling place we come back to that again but right now he's saying to Abraham the father of all as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not there you are what is imagination imagination according to the dictionary is simply this that it sees that which is not real and which is not present the ability to see that which is not real and not present and that exactly is what is here he is able to call things that be not it's not that it's not there but it is not in the natural it's not in our reality but it is there and he calls those things that are already there in the spiritual realm and as though they are you get that how do you see that because God began to see you know last time I told you something about even if you believe in the six days of creation one of the ways in which you can believe that and that's up to you uh, I have other ideas of that but remember this it didn't take God six days to create it took him eons it took him millions of years you know why 
because in those millions of years, he was thinking what he's going to create. He was thinking what he's going to say. And the thoughts became visible when he said it. And therefore, that happened in six days because he thought for so long a time. This is my suggestion to help you if you believe in the six-day theory. But God can call things that be not just as though they were. He said, let there be. In other words, be light and there was light. And what was the response of Abraham? Who contrary to hope, now listen to this, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations. I like you to understand this. What did I say imagination? How did I describe according to what the dictionary defines imagination? The ability to see what is not real and what is not present. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Because everywhere in the Bible, if you look at the word imagination, you would see many of it are negative. So how do we get positive ideas? Now, I, it took me some time to study and I came finally to this understanding of the positivity of imagination. Because he is able to do Ephesians 3, 19 incredibly more than we can ask or imagine according to the power. God will not do anything unless we cooperate with Him. He is able to do incredibly more than we can ask or think, ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. So what is imagination? It is so powerful that if it is disturbed, we will not be able to bring about certain activities of faith. You know what that scripture is? Second Corinthians, it says that the weapons of our warfare, what is it? The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then it goes on to say, verse 5, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Pulling down arguments and everything that exalts itself above God, you pull it down. That means there's an action that is taken place because constantly you're bombarded. I'm bombarded with things that are happening around us. We see things that are happening around us. That is why we have been given hope. What is hope? It says in chapter 11 of Hebrews, faith is the substance of things hopeful. Hope is that imagination, is that ability to see. You remember what we read in uh, Romans 4 and 18? Contrary to hope, he hoped. Now, look at this. You pull down your imaginations that are exalting itself above God, taking itself above the promises of God, causing us to be anxious, causing us to be worried, causing us to fear, causing us to doubt. The greatest enemy of faith, 
it is not our lack of faith it is our unbelief and unwillingness to apply what god has given and i'm urging you today to take this word imagination and use it meditate on the word of god and what it means as in psalm 1 as you meditate upon it you will become like a tree planted by the waters as you keep your mind stayed on god that means you are imagining and it is possible because you see there are nearly 6000 thoughts running through us daily would god give us something that we cannot do bringing every thought captive not the only the bad every thought because even a good thought can cause us to stumble so every thought captive to the obedience of christ not to my obedience to his obedience and so when i see him walking as in the flesh i don't consider him any longer in the flesh but when i see him in the flesh walking i see i see the way he moved the way he was compassionate i can feel it i can see it i see him going towards this leper and the leper comes to him so are you willing if you're willing he says i am i see it and unless i see it i'm unable to experience the power of salvation i assure you that two things about receiving god's promises see it remember in when lot moved away from abraham and had nothing abraham he took everything and he said take whatever you want and then he said you make the choice you want to go right go right you want to go left go left and so abraham a uh, lot chose to go towards what he saw that was pleasurable that was good that was wholesome to his eyes his natural eyes and then god tells abraham lift up yourself lift up your feet and see look everything that you see and behold i have given to you you saw that imagination and so he looked and he saw he may have seen dry land but he saw the fertile awesome land that god had promised him and he walked towards that abraham walked with imagination Let's look at another verse of scripture and that is in uh Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to see this. It's very very important. It's all about Abraham. So you would see it here. Hebrews chapter 11. And it says there verse 15. And truly if they had called to mind recollected if they had called to mind imagine that country from which they came out they would have had opportunity to return if they had remembered or looked back and saw like lot's wife did but if they looked back and saw that they were coming out from the earth of the chaldees 
they would have seen that what they were having before them was nothing compared. But now, listen to this, they desired a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called God, for he has prepared a city for them. Do you see that? So Abraham and Sarah, and this is the same for the ones who were coming out of Egypt. So Abraham and Sarah came out by faith, verse 17, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Now, how is it that he was able to offer up his only son, a son of promise? How is it that when you read Genesis 22, it says immediately, as soon as he heard this challenge, he rose and went. How is it? Because he believed. Concluding, verse 19, concluding again, thinking, considering, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. You see, how come he came to this place of belief? Because he was constantly considering. When you go to chapter 4 of Hebrews, of Romans, you would see again, that he was a man who used to constantly consider. Let's look at it. Chapter 4, Romans. Not being weak in faith, verse 19, he did not consider his own body. Again, he did not consider his own body. Not that he didn't consider the fact that he was old and he was past the age, but he didn't allow that physical understanding of his body to rule his thinking. Not considering his own body already dead. See that? The reality is it's dead, but the finality is that God had promised. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. How? Because his faith was constantly stirred up by him seeing what God had given him, the stars, the sand. Imagine, he imagined the nations coming before him. And so, beloved, do you want to enter diligently? you want to diligently enter the rest of the promises of God? Then allow your imagination to be led by the Spirit of God. I understand that Ricardo spoke about sonship and a son of God, a truly mature son of God is led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Now there are certain children, there are infants, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 gives us that category, but the Uyos, the Son of God, will imagine. You know what Jesus said in John 5 and verse 19? I only do what I see my Father do. And how do you and I apply this? We allow our imagination, which is already sanctified by the Holy Spirit, to mix with what we see in the Word of God. 
And then we allow that to take us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The moment I close my eyes, I enter in a state where I can see, I shall not want. It's not that I am in want, I shall not want. It's not that want is not around me, oh yeah, but I shall not enter into that sphere, that atmosphere. Whether it be finance, whether it be healing, whether it be anything, because God has wished for me. Above all, above all, you do a study on the Greek word all, it means all. Do a study on the Hebrew word all, it means all. God has above all wished, what has he wished? That I prosper and be in good health. He's not talking about healing, he's talking about health. And this is how every time no weapon formed against me will prosper. Weapons have been formed. As you know, recently, seven blocks in my heart. But I do not allow it to prosper. Why? Because I already imagine that I am full of health. I'm healed. What came to me was an attack. Weapons will be formed, but they will not prosper. Because God has wished above all that I prosper. Not walk like a perennial beggar. The psalmist says that I have lived and I have seen that the righteous do not go around with a begging bowl. These are promises, beloved. And these promises can only come forth as we begin to imagine. We don't imagine there is no heaven or no hell below and all of that. We imagine that all these promises are yes and amen. And sometimes we may have to be very foolish. We may have to be very, very foolish. When the centurion came and fell at the feet of Jesus, he was making himself a fool. He was a Gentile, he was a centurion of the highest order, he was a centurion of the centurions. But he was ready to make himself foolish because he believed that, his, that Jesus would heal his daughter. And so you and I need to come to that place of being humble and a loving our imagination to take us there. And suddenly faith mixed with this. Faith is not only, uh, listen to me very carefully, faith needs substance, something to be seen in order to be activated. That's your imagination. Is that okay? We go to the second principle. Remember what the first principle is? Imagination. He is at peace, whose mind is stayed on God, focused, fixed. That's imagination. And allowing the Holy Spirit to remind you of the things of God. Where you can say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Now, Second principle says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Remember, God of more than enough. So if He is more than enough, then He is more than enough. I need nothing else. When my mind is stayed on God, I need nothing else. He is more than enough. 
But then he goes on to say, and I will say of my Lord. I will say of this El Shaddai. In other words, faith is voice activated. Okay. I told you what faith is about. In the first one, it needs substance to work with. The second principle is faith is voice activated. I will say of my God, he is my refuge. And when I begin to say this, how does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word of God. So when I begin to say this, when I mix this with my imagination and I begin to see it happening, then very clearly it says, no plague shall come near your dwelling place. I look at my house, I look outside of it and I see no plague. Even if I see the plagues around, I am fully aware that it will not touch. You remember the story of Elisha and his uh, servant? When the Syrian army was coming against Elisha to catch him. And the servant comes out and he sees a host of army chariots and he comes running and he tells Elisha, Elisha master, master, there are chariots around us. And then Elisha comes out, he has one prayer. He says, open his eyes, open his eyes that he may see. And then suddenly in that moment of time, the servant's eyes were open. What did he see? He saw chariots of fire roundabout. Wow! Greater is he that is in us than he that is of the world. The greater one is all around us. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, Psalm 125. So the Lord encamps around, the angels of the Lord encamp around us. And this is all about Psalm 91 because it says there, he shall cover us it's all pictorial. The angels of the Lord encamp around us and keep us from meeting with accidents. But I must say, I must speak. Jesus spoke of this principle in uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. He said, if you say to this mountain, remove yourself from there, go plant yourself in the sea. It will happen. But you got to believe one. That's all. Believe. And then you say, you keep on saying. How long? For Abraham? 26 years. For Joseph? Another number of years. For Noah? Over 100 years. You've got to keep on saying. You've got to be consistent with what you believe. You cannot say, and this is what happens to a number of people, okay? I believe. I believe that God will heal me. No, beloved. I believe God has healed me. And no matter what the symptoms are, I'm not denying that I'm not sick. But if I use my words, then what happens is I'm denying the promises of God. If I say I believe he will heal me and put my healing into the future, 
it is going into the future because my word has power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So my words carry what is going to happen to me into the future. But when I speak in the now, in the present tense as I am, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says, by his stripes I was, that means it's over. Now I live in the good of it. The word of God says he has made all grace abound in me that I have all sufficiency in all things, in all things. Why? Because, and I say this, why? Because 1 Peter 2 verse 3 says, His divine promises have given me all things pertaining to life and godliness. Has given me. Right now, it is mine. I appropriate it by faith. How do I appropriate it by faith? Seeing, that is imagining. Allowing the word of God to capture my thinking. How often? Bringing every thought captive to the obedience, that means to His Word. And the Spirit of God comes alive as I begin to allow His Word to formulate and create the reality. I then speak the reality. And when I speak the reality, this reality that I speak becomes the finality and the finality of God's Word moves or destroys the reality of what is before me in terms of being adverse towards me. I hope you got that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because I condemn it. I say, no, this is not right. This is not God's word. So when sickness comes towards me, I say, no, by his stripes, I'm healed. When I see everything that is happening around me and we are listening sadly to the stories that are happening in India, my heart goes out, my heart burns with compassion and sometimes I feel so inadequate. But listen, it says a thousand shall fall on my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not touch me. Wow! Am I feeling insensitive? Am I allowing insensitivity to come around me? No. It is sad. And we know what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 9 at the end. He looked at the crowd and he felt full of compassion because he, they were without a shepherd. He did something. He empowered his people. That's what we need to do. We need to empower ourselves more and more so that we may go out and heal them. We may be able to do some things that are beneficial to this crowd that is uh, being slaughtered every day. When I speak God's word into the atmosphere, I'm releasing the seed of God's word. And that seed will go and germinate. It will create a cloud and from that cloud will come the rain and the rain will heal. You see, God does not move according to my need. If God moves according to my need, then all my needs, <laughs> everything. And if God moves to the needs of the people and to the sympathy of the people, Oh God, I'm in deep trouble, please help me. And God moves towards this emotion, then beloved, we are going to see 
No sickness, no pain, nothing. Heaven on earth. Because there are so many needs. But God moves when our faith is activated by our thinking and by our words. So here's an example or here's something that you can do. Stop, think, meditate. See someone of yours in India, wherever. See that person rising up and say, be healed. Rise up and watch what happens. Rise up, speak to that person. It may be absurd to speak to someone who is far away from you. But the word of God speaks of that kind of thing. Because God's word has gone out. Psalm 19. That word has gone out. And when you speak his word, see what happens. He sends his word and heals. So there is something you and I need to do. Not get trapped by the sympathetic emotional state of being but to rise up and boldly declare God's word. Imagine the healing taking place. Imagine the prosperity coming in. Imagine the protection as Elisha's servant did. Imagine that and watch how you can walk in rest. You can get up in the morning, spend a little time in imagination, and go to your place of work. Don't go to your place of work because you're getting your salary at the end of the month. Go to your place of work because you're going to see God's power. And look at it. Maybe there's somebody in your company, in your place of work that needs help. Imagine that person being helped. See it happen. And you will see miracle upon miracle upon miracle. God's ability is available for those who are ready to wait upon the Lord and see His strength, speak His strength, confess. And when you do that, you would see miracle upon miracle upon miracle. Oh, but Pastor Neil, I have done this, but it has not happened yet. Ah, you saw that? You heard that? It has not happened. So obviously, in your innermost thinking, it will not happen. And then you speak it out. It doesn't happen. Well, I am pleading with you. I'm urging you to have your mind renewed by the word of God, that the will of God may be proved. And I can say in my life, I have things that have proved God's power over and over again. I have landmarks in my own body that God has kept me for a particular purpose. I write the vision and I run with it. Even if it tarries, I will run with it. Because God has a purpose. So today, I'm urging you, I'm inviting you to rise. Rise up and praise Him. Rise up and speak His word. But also, be quiet, sit and imagine. In times of waiting on the Lord, you will renew your strength and you will rise up and you will be more than a conqueror because you're God. 
is more than a conqueror. My God is more than a conqueror. So like Abraham, hope against hope. And hope, what is hope? Hope is the imagination that you and I have. Bless you and may you always walk in his word. Love you. Love you lots. And Father, right now, wherever anyone is, I believe and I declare and I see people rising up in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm releasing your power right now. Abba, for the sake of your son, that power has already been released. Now cause it to be activated by how they think and how they speak. Change their lens and change their language so that they will be all that you have called them to be, your witnesses, to bring heaven on earth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Abba. 